This Radio Days Africa audio amplified podcast is brought to you by the Vits Radio Academy. For more content and information, click to radiodaysafrica.co.za. Three, two, one. This is Radio Days Africa 2021 audio amplified. Download the Radio Days Africa app. Search Radio Days Africa in your app store. Welcome, guys. It's Friday, Radio Days Africa 2021, audio amplified. As you know, this is the 12th year we're in business and our second virtual offering due to the COVID pandemic. Um, RDA, Radio Days Africa, is presented by the Wits Radio Academy under the auspices of the Department of Journalism. Uh, we have over 70 speakers in 21 sessions like this season. And don't forget, you can download the Radio Days app in the Google Play Store as well as the Apple App Store to search for Radio Days Africa. And all our sessions are being podcasts and are available on www.radiodays.coza. And Radio Days has also commissioned a bespoke podcast series, Podcasting the African Way, and that's available on the Radio Days Africa website. Just check check it out. If you want to send us some voice notes today, guys, um, the country code 0027 and the number is 79528000. If you're doing vo- voice notes from in the country, it's simply 079528000. You can also utilize the Q&A section within the Zoom feed this afternoon. Radio Days Africa is sponsored by the Conrad Adenauer Stiftung, uh, their media program for Sub-Saharan Africa. We've been a really long-term partner and sponsor, and without the sponsorship support and the love of this particular radio promotion, Radio Days Africa would not be possible. We also are supported by the National Association of Broadcasters, Media Heads 360, Wise Buddha Jingles, the US Embassy in Pretoria, OCS Sound Software, our own FM, Samro, and podcast uh, podnews.net. So welcome to day five of RDA, session 10. Today is What the Mac. We've all heard about podcast and chill. Our guests today are MacGyver McQuebo and Sol Penduka. Welcome, guys. Inda, what's happening here? Thanks for making it. I want, I want you guys to keep your cell phones on for the next 40 minutes really loud so I can hear how many calls you're getting during the course of the show. <laughs> Listening to you mention all the sponsors, I'm like, are we getting paid for this? That's a lot of sponsors, man. It is a lot of sponsors. And I know this, this podcasting business is, is not an easy business. It's not an easy <laughs> business at all. And we'll talk about that <laughs> later. So starting off with you, Mac, I mean, I know that you started off your, your media career as a, as a teenage presenter on Crazy, yeah. which was the kids' programming. I, I was going to ask you, was like, uh, did, did you get into it by, by default? Like, what were you looking for? Did you go through the audition? How did you get in? Uh, I, I, um, I, I used to watch a lot of Yo! TV. And I used to watch the guys over there and I was like, wow, this looks really, really awesome. Looks really dope. Um, and then I was like, I'd love to do this. And then um, I heard that ETV, there was a new station starting, which was ETV at the time. And the head offices were in Santon. So I caught a taxi and then I went to the head offices and I went to the reception there. And I was like, hey, I'd love to be on TV. And then that same day, they took me to Red Pepper where um, I had an audition, and yeah, that's that's how it started, and I, I started that same day. Were you in high school then? Yeah, 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 I think I was either primary school going to high school. Yeah, primary school going into high school. Okay, so so you you spent time at Hyde Park High School, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And and this MacGyver name, I'm sure it's not a name your parents gave you. It's something you inherited at school. 
Not even. It's a, it's a, it's a name my mom gave me. She was a really? big fan of the series. Yeah, it's my <laughs> okay. idea and everything. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, she was so a was big like you're fan. You're trying of to get the... out of trouble. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, in hindsight, that's pretty true. <laughs> but yeah, my and mom so, gave me the name. And, and so obviously you're doing this, this kids programming on, on ETV Terrestrial. Um, the next step was obviously kind of radio. How did you, how did you get into radio? Jeez, it's a long story. Like uh, I had to... Well, keep it short as possible. Yeah, it was most, it was, I, I'd say it was like being at the right place at the right time. Uh, there's a lot of people that had a part to play in me being on radio. I mean, Trevor Noah, for one, is one of them. Hey, Saul. <laughs> <laughs> wow, here we go again. I've heard the story a million times. Yeah, I just had to throw in the Trevor Noah story in there. But yeah, uh, and uh, to, on a serious note, um, a lot of people helped me get into radio, like Mo Flavor, Dineo Ranaka, Adil, uh, Jasid and Admiral, um, but uh, basically, um, when 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 Mo Flavor started his show at YFM, uh, I did a segment, an entertainment news segment, at the time, and that was the time Trevor Noah was on air. But he was doing midnight until three a.m., and then eventually, like six months after the lineup had been announced, he decided he's going to focus on comedy. And they needed someone to replace his show. So they got Tony B, who was doing weekends at that time. And then they needed someone to fill in Tony B slot. So because I was always at YFM, like from, from nine in the morning until nine at night, um, they said, um, you know, why don't you give it a shot? And that's how I started uh, my radio career, working on weekends. And then, and then from Y, I mean, you spent quite a bit of time at Y. Um, what type of shows shows were you doing? Uh, I did uh, all kinds of shows. Like every single show uh, on the lineup I did either as a stand-in or as my own show. But I started off like anybody does, graveyard, moved my way towards um, uh, daytime. And then when I got fired, I was doing 12 to 3 midday. <laughs> we'll talk about the firing and hiring later because that's a good story. Yeah. So, yourself, yeah. you went to... You, you, you went to... Uh, uh, a school in, in Benoni called St. Francis College, right? Jeez, yes, yes. You did your research, yeah. What what went wrong? <laughs> what went wrong? I went to varsity and then uh, came across UJFM. That was the, 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 the station, the, the varsity radio station, campus radio station. And, yeah, that's when I, I then started. Uh, joined them. And uh, while I was there, I then uh, applied for the Y Academy. That's the internship at YFM. And yeah, after the internship, or well, before it even ended, um, the DJ school was leaving. He was leaving uh, YFM, and uh, Mo Flavor was joining the um, was being moved to breakfast and. He thought maybe there's something there, um, and he decided to give me a shot. But I started with him in the evening for a couple of months when it, it was known that he's going to go to breakfast. And, uh, yeah, that's where I, 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 I then got my first shot, I guess, 
Um, and did you guys and, meet at YFM? Were you both working at Y at the same time? Yes, we met at YFM. When I was in the Y Academy, I was doing an evening show, 6 to 9 in the evening, called Urban Express. So I didn't know him. Well, actually, I had met him prior to that as a listener. Um, who had won some com- competition called Hottest Thing on Campus. And I had gone to studio um, to annoy him. And that's it. But prior to, to, to that, uh, we hadn't met. So I met him at YFM as an intern, and he was doing uh, the, 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 the evening show. And then when you went to the breakfast show, um, I joined him then. So, so, so it's not and true because obviously- you met on Tinder? <laughs> oh no, no, thank goodness. <laughs> no, it's not true. Okay, so, so that's the beginning. I mean, why has been quite a catalyst for the entire industry? I mean, a lot of the people I've, I've worked with in the last 15 years all come out of the Y stable, which, you know, has, has brought a lot of exciting people like yourselves yeah. into the industry. And then, and then following a while, I know, Mac. You went to, to uh, 947 Seoul. You ended up at like 5FM. And, yes. those, and, and those, were, those were much bigger players. Was, was YFM a great platform to get you into those type, type of stations? Mac? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, like you said, most of the, 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 the people in the game now um, uh, started at YFM. And I think YFM was a great stepping ground for bigger things. And... Um, Having worked there, it allowed you to. Um, what I really enjoyed was the creative freedom. Um, mm. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't much um, uh, restrictions. You could um, uh, push yourself as a creator or a broadcaster to whatever level you wanted to go to, which I really liked. And yourself, Sol? Yeah, YFM is, was the best place to start. As Max said, the creative freedom there, and also. That allows you to try out so many things. Uh, it allows you to, I mean, if you know, to 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 find your voice, know what works. It allows you to experiment, and it gets and and that's getting you ready for any other station. I mean, if you've done YFM, you can do yeah quite a number of stations. Obviously, not talk um, all the stations within that same format. That's why I mean every station has someone from YFM. So I think it was the best starting point. And it's, I don't know now if it still is, but it should be because it's, 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 it's a station that allows, you know, you to experiment and uh, yeah. And grow your craft. So while you guys were on, on radio at, at 947 and, and, and 5FM, mm-hmm. uh, Gareth Clifford left and started Cliff Central. And obviously this was the unradio thing that, that he was going to start, uh, which he did quite successfully. Um, and then there was also a couple of other people who had left and start, started their own stuff. Um, were you guys consumers of those particular products or stuff online when when Gareth left? To be no. honest, uh, I, I didn't really care because I had a job at the time. So I was just <laughs> happy to have a job. And I didn't care what anyone else was doing. Yeah, I wasn't a consumer of anything podcast, um, even Cliff Central itself. I didn't consume it. Uh, I know Touch did a similar thing, Smoo as well. And I'm not really, I, I didn't consume much of those. I didn't consume any, any. Like maybe on the first day, like with everybody, when it's launching, you want to hear what the fuss is about, how does it sound. But as a repeat consumer, no, I wasn't. 
Okay, guys, if you want to set up any uh, WhatsApp voice messages, it's 079-528-0000. If there are any questions for Mac and Sol, please put them in the comments thing on the Zoom feed. So both of you then left those radio stations. Mac, um, I saw an interview with you just recently on, 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 on SABC, and once your contract wasn't renewed uh, at, at 947, you were kind of up in the air going, what do I do? So yeah. what did you what did you do? Well, um, I had been toying around with the idea of starting a podcast while I was still at nine four seven because I saw my time is up, um, and um, yeah, I think them not renewing my contract just gave me that final push I needed to be like, there's nothing to lose, so I might as well, and it was easy. So I had the equipment already at my house, and then I just hooked up with my best friend. Uh, Len Muleko and my baby mama. And that's how we started the first episode of, of Podcast and Chill, episode one. So, I mean, when you started that, I mean, were you looking at it as, as a radio show like you would when you did it on radio? 100%. For me, it was escapism because um, being on radio is like feeding my soul. So whenever I'm not on radio or behind the mic, I, I lose my mind. So I thought um, with everything that's happening, losing the job, you know, I've got a kid now, I'm about to lose my house. Uh, it was a place where I could just go and forget about what's happening in my real life and just escape and, and be behind the mic. And also I didn't want to be, you know, our industry is nil. Uh, you know, when you're out of sight, you're out of mind. Uh, so mm. I thought, you know, let me just start this podcast and uh, wait until April when I can approach a radio station and start knocking, knocking on the doors and see if, you know, there's a slot available. But luckily for me, by December, the podcast became uh, a monster, you know. And then that's when I started focusing all my energy on growing the podcast. So that was like 2018. we four years in now. And you guys have just hit your 200,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. Congratulations. That's a massive number. In fact, Thank you. I checked it this morning Thank and you. it's like 228,000. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's Thank, you. Thank you. And then... Yeah. Um, and in terms of just the kind of engagement that, that you see, uh, like on the show, and I mean, we, we spoke about it in terms of total views for all 250 plus podcasts. It's in the area of about 23 million views, which is a massive number. Yeah, yeah. It just goes to show uh, the, 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 the podcast wave and the way in which the direction that people are heading to uh, podcasting, especially in this country, are becoming a thing, which is great to see. So, so when you started, Sol wasn't your uh, co-host. You, you had another co-host. So, Mac, tell us a bit about how, how the podcast developed over time and like what you were learning. Because, I mean, strategically, financially, clients, technical, you know, there's a whole lot of elements that plug in the back end of these things. Um, and, and like obviously from podcast one to where you are now, they, they're absolutely two different things. When you started, how did this thing begin to gain and build up like a head full of steam? Uh, I think um, more than anything, I was well equipped for the journey I was about to take because if you look at it, uh, podcasting or podcasting, what we do, encompasses everything that my career has been all about, you know? So it's sort of like a 360, because having started at uh, Crazy, I was just comfortable in front of the mic, uh, in front of the camera. And then having been at, um, at YFM, creatively, um, uh, I could, um, you know, uh, create content 
um, that I, I could best express myself, you know. And then having worked at 947, I learned the business of, of, of like running a, a network and, you know, having a sales team and stuff like that. So when the podcast started, I was well equipped for that. And it was just about managing everything. And, um, you know, um, uh, we, we never planned for, for Len Muleko to leave, but when he did, uh, then it was like, all right, cool, we need a co-host. And at the time, I wanted to get Tepi, who's now, um, she hosts uh, On The Table podcast and our network. Um, and then I'd also wanted to do um, uh, an interview with Saul. So I hit him up during lockdown. I was like, yo, Saul, I'd love to have you on because um, me and Saul had been friends on Facebook since we started working at YFM. So every time I go on Facebook, I'd see Saul's uh, 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 Facebook post and stuff. And I'm like, this guy is fucking funny, <laughs> you know? So during lockdown, I was like, yo, Saul, can you come through to do an interview? And he was like, yeah, I'd love to come through, but I don't want the Zoom thing. I want to come through when, you know, you guys are, uh, when the lockdown is over and you guys are allowed to have guests and stuff. So we started planning that. And then when he came on the show, um, it was just like a house on fire. We knew from that moment, me and Ghost Lady and the whole team, that this is the guy who has to be the new host because he just gelled. He was amazing. And it was, it was effortless, you know? So this is Max's version. What's your version? Of- <laughs> <laughs> There's only one version, and that's the truth. <laughs> now that's your truth. Now I'm kidding. Um, it was. It's. 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 So I knew Max started a podcast, and one of uh, my friends told me that, "Hey, Max has got this podcast. You really need to check it out." And checked it out. I was like, "Ah, this is this is cool." Lockdown came, then he asked me for an interview via Zoom, and I said, nah, nah, nah I don't want to do the whole Zoom thing. I want to be in, 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 in studio or on set or wherever you're doing it. So then my, but I still was not a, a consumer of the podcast as such. I'd go when they've got, I'd watch it when they've got maybe my favorite uh, 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 personalities, people I like, like Chili M. He interviewed a great interview with the late Chili M radio legend, so I'd check out those kind of episodes. But I would never, I'd hardly even check out the Monday episodes, which is just a podcasting episode. And my friend told me and said, listen, Len Muluko is leaving. How about, and, and Mac doesn't know the story. And my friend said, how about you approach Mac, right? Um, and be the new co-host. And I told my friend, I said, well, Mac said he wanted me to come and uh, be on an interview. So he'll, he'll be in touch with me if, he sees me, you know, as, as, as a, a great fit anyway. And lo and behold, a week later, um, Mac then called me up and said, hey, listen, um, can you please come through for an interview? And I had seen, well, actually, he said, come and guest co-host. And I'd seen the previous episode was uh, guest hosted, co-hosted by Tepi. Um, the one that Max said he initially thought of her as the new co-host. And then, yeah, then I went there and I could, I, in my head, I sort of knew that ah, he's probably trying me out. And if he likes what he hears and sees, he'll then um, ask, invite me officially to be part of the team. And then I guess co-hosted for that show. And it was really an interview. Um, you know, I was supposed to guess co-host. A live, because a live I, interview. Yeah, it was an interview, essentially. Live on the show. 
Yeah, basically, pretty much. Um, and I, I think maybe he didn't want to put the pressure of saying, uh, hey, we might uh, 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 make you a permanent co-host. So he just said, come and guest co-host, which turned out to be an interview. And yeah, immediately, as soon as the mics were off, he practically asked and be like, yo, dude, would you love to do this permanently? And I was like, fuck yeah, man, I missed it. Because like he said, I've been, I was trying to get back on radio. The reason I left radio is because I was going through some really personal stuff. Uh, I was in a, I was a mess. And I'd been trying to get back on radio, but you know, out of mind, out of, out of sight, out of mind. And also, once you're out of that ecosystem, it's very difficult to get back again, right? Because sometimes uh, a word gets around, rumors go around, so people think, nah. Uh, people, uh, he, he's toxic. He's, 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 uh, uh, um, radioactive and yeah. So it was, yeah, literally no one would touch me with a 10 foot pole. Um, because you know, okay, they, you, 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 like you're not the first and you're not going to be the last. So don't worry uh, exactly, that. exactly. So it was a great way for me to do what I love again. And I was like, fuck yeah. And also I noticed that the whole podcasting thing is, 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 is slowly picking up and it's a great opportunity to actually ride the crest of, of that wave. And someone had suggested soon as I left radio, my ex-girlfriend's friend had said, dude, I'm big on listening to podcasts. You do great at podcasting. And I just never fucking got around to doing it. Um, but, but yeah, but, here but we are now. You guys are getting signed every a thousand bucks for every restaurant. So your fee we're paying you to be here has just been downgraded by like four grand. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, did we drop four, four F-bombs already? <laughs> so look here. Um, so Sol joins as a new co-host. Tell yeah. us about the concept behind the ghost lady. Uh, if she's ever going to be revealed at some time, what her role is in this podcast. Because I find it quite alluring, having this person you don't see who's got a lot to say, etc. What was the whole idea behind Ghost Lady? So Ghost Lady, like I said, when I did the first episode, I did it with my um, my girlfriend. And uh, she didn't want to be on camera. She's like, listen, I'll do the show with you guys, but I don't want to be on camera. So while we were recording the first episode, we gave her a name and we called her the ghost lady. And then people started like warming up to that idea. And I, I remember getting an SMS from my ex-boss, Tumelo Diao, uh, who's now at Prime Media. And he was like, yo, dude, I love this go- uh, ghost lady concept. You should keep it going. It's dope. And then from there, I was like, okay, cool. Why not? And then the plan was to reveal her at a thousand subscribers and then we're like 10,000 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just stuck man and it's been like part of the the, the, the mm. thing now the shtick you know so obviously one day you are going to make the decision to actually do it and not give yourself a target you just go we're going to do it yeah i think when the numbers start tanking uh we'll do that <laughs> when you need ratings <laughs> Yeah, we need to save the show. Yeah, when we need to save the show. <laughs> okay, so so I, I want to talk about the style and the tone of the show. You guys have taken a lot of heat. There's been financial implications. They've been they've been. I mean, obviously, you guys have got lawyers on speed dial, right? Yeah, There's like no doubt about it. So, yeah. in terms of the discussions, once the show had established itself, it's a, it's going to be a mature show. Um, I mean, you know, Mac, I, I, I think some people said you, you like, I mean, it's, and to me, it's like crazy, like you're a baby fat Joe 
kind of thing. <laughs> Charlemagne, the God type of thing. You know? yeah. So, I yeah. mean, p- people are putting these tags on you. But when you guys, when you and Sol and the production team sit down, I mean, this is not just spontaneous to the camera. I mean, you guys put a lot of thought into this. That, that's not no. just made up. No, no, to be honest with you, no. we don't actually. We don't actually. Like, none. every episode you've ever seen, none of, none of the things have been planned. It's literally like we put on the cameras and we just start rolling. And I think the beauty is because we've been in broadcasting for so long. So Soul knows what he's supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. Ghost Lady knows what she's supposed to do. And it just all works, you know, because we, we, we understand each other and the chemistry is there and nothing is forced. Nothing is ever planned. And and that's why maybe we get into so much. That's why maybe we get into so much trouble. But that is the beauty of what makes the podcast what it is, because that's what our chillers expect. You know, they don't expect. Uh, uh, you know, there's so many times we've made mistakes uh, of saying things that were not um, were wrong and try and correct them. But at the end of the day, when people watch, they know that this is us just being who we are. And we, we, we can't plan that. Well, look, that's endearing to hear because your, your chillers are also quite, quite vocal about this. I mean, when, you, when you're running your, your live uh, stream, the amount of comments you, you, you get, and it's almost like this interactive thing you have, not just with, with the three of you, but, but with, the guests, with the guests as well. So tell, me, tell us a bit more about how you break the show up into the component pieces because, because there are quite a few kind of features that you run through the show. I mean, you're doing on the table, uh, Black Black Friday, you've got the Hangout, you've got the Chillers Club, et cetera. Yeah. How do you componentize that? And because your podcasts aren't a standard length, I mean, you guys can go to an hour and a half if the, if the content's really humming. So yeah. how do you manage componentizing it? Uh, are you saying for our show or the network as a whole? No, 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 for your particular show. Okay, so for our show, uh, pretty much like I, in my head, I have an idea of uh, how I want the show to go. Uh, and then I'll, I just usually throw stuff to Sol. Um, so basically, like, imagine we're in a car and, and I'm the driver, but, you know, Sol's there and Ghost Lady are there. Uh, I just drive the, the, the conversation and then they come in and add their uh, input, you know. Uh, but I sort of have an idea in my head of how I want the show to to be structured so I come in with the structure of the show and then they just follow 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 my lead um uh, that am I am I wrong in saying that so like no no you're not yeah yeah that's how it's basically a conversation because we we don't have like features uh, or something that you know you will an item that you know you will get each and every week even though you know what you're going to get each and every week as far as the, the 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 branding content. and yeah. the tone and the and the, the content of the show the type of content you you you, you know you're going to expect laughs you know you're going to expect three people speaking their minds uh but the, the, there aren't any like features or we don't have a particular skeleton that we mm-hmm. go with to say okay opening up we're going to have a light topic or a we need one sports uh, 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 subject to talk about or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not rigid in that sense or pre-planned to that extent. And also the whole plan, we don't plan. It's, it's like a radio show. We, we, we have prep, which is basically subjects that we want to talk about or topics, if you want to call it that. 
And in my head at home, I'll think of, oh, okay, cool. Maybe I'll say this. It's actually clever or funny or whatever. But I don't call Mac and say, you must set me up so that I say this, right? I don't call him and say, say, say this to set me up, right? Because sometimes I, I think of things and because I know how he thinks and what he might say, or without him realizing it, I may coach him to say something as a setup to what I want to say, which is planned. But he wouldn't know about those plans. It's not okay. something we collectively sit and say we plan. So sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll plan on saying something genius, and then that setup or that right timing never comes, and I just let it go, right? Because so, I, so basically, you, you're not like Trevor Noah sitting with a hundred writers and scripting. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, 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 nothing, nothing. No. Okay, so there's a uh, there's a couple of questions here. Um, they mentioned uh, John Savage because John did a great podcast uh, uh, session yesterday about podcasting called Podcasting 101, and we'll talk about John. Um, and then we also have the question um, about generating revenue, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to. And then there was one for Mac, and I can answer this question for this person. It's Thomas Haley. He says, Mac, would you like to go back to radio? Do you miss live engagement? And I can answer that for you. No. <laughs> Not at all. I've had a taste of the good life, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's um, try to talk about things that, that are, are more serious. Mac, when I saw the interview with you on TV the other day, you were going on about you spending far more time now uh, with clients and potential sponsors, uh, you know, in the generation of, of, of money or monet, of, of monetization. When was the first time that you faced the monetization thing or people wanting to sponsor things, doing merchandising deals, et cetera? How far were you in before this, the economic financial part of it started? Uh, I think uh, the first check we got was two years down the line and um, it was uh, due to lockdown. So what happened is during lockdown, a lot of brands was trying to see the digital, like, um, because obviously because of lockdown, um, they're trying to see how can they advertise in the digital space. Uh, so that's when we started interacting quite extensively with a lot of sponsors. And I'd say within two years, that was the first uh, the first sponsor that came through. I think it was Love Life, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I know that a lot of people have been talking about um, the sponsor offering, product placement, etc. But I, I, I do believe that some clients are walking in going, well, we can't pay you, but we'll give you merchandise and products. Is that good enough? Uh, it, it, it depends, man. I think for me, it's all about the value that we bring to the listeners, um, to our chillers, you know? So if it's valuable enough for them, then it's something that we can look into. But if there's no value for our chillers, then there's no point in doing it at all. So in America, this business is worth over half a billion dollars a year. Um, I know that Apple <coughs> iTunes had a, over a million podcasts. And, I mean, they, they have various different platforms now. And in South Africa, the market, they say, is about 16 to 18 million potential viewers for, uh, well, viewers and, and, and listeners for podcasts. And I know personally, having dealt with the podcasting fraternity uh, at, at stations and, and, and outside, people are really struggling to monetize their podcasts. I mean, what are you, what are you doing that's any different or facing the problems or the, the same kind of problems that, that other podcasters are, are facing? I think for us, um, it's it's um, 
it's not really, obviously, look, we want to make money, uh, but we're fortunate enough that we have a team that handles that for us, you know, so they come up with solutions to monetize the content that we deliver. Uh, so our main goal is just to produce um, the dopest content we can. Um, I do know from past experiences, because I used to sell the podcast before we had a team, is that a lot of um, advertisers are very archaic in the way they handle things. You know, they're still very reliant on traditional media. And I think the more uh, uh, we can uh, expose and teach um, agencies and advertisers about the space, is that that's when we'll start seeing uh, it won't be so hard to monetize this thing. So let's talk about the podfather, John Savage. Yeah. So, you know, John's been around, I mean, podcasting, the first podcast I remember the Mail and Guardian started them in about 2008. And there really wasn't a market, although they were there. Mm. I don't think the technology as well, the streaming technology was, was, was up to scratch. But, you know, John's come in at the lowest level and, and uh, you know, he's just built up this, this profile uh, good, solid work, regular work. You know when his stuff is coming out. It's well promoted, well, well marketed. Uh, what dealings have you had 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 with John? So John, um, he uh, we started working on the old mutual deal. He was promoting Amp Studios, uh, and I really enjoyed working with him. And since then, he's become my commercial partner. Uh, so he handles all the commercial deals uh, above the line for the network. And he's just a, a pleasure to work with because he understands the space. And having been a broadcaster himself, he understands what we're doing. And he's the first person actually who believed in, 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 in the podcast and actually was willing to put money behind it, you know, when other people were, would frown upon it. So he's, he's done a, a tremendous amount of, of, of work for us. And yeah. So tell me, when you go see clients, uh, based on the nature of the show and the tone and its irreverence and uh, making it up as you go along because you're not producing it like you told me, um, <laughs> you're saying that it is archaic and I've, and I've seen this, any kind of bold ideas, things that are going to be like controversial, there are a certain, probably the majority of clients wouldn't do it. What clients are kind of in your camp? What kind of brands would Look. be potential sponsors? Look, our business model is very simple. Um, we offer advertising space. So whatever brand um, that's willing to work with us, we are open to. So I can't say a specific brand to say, okay, cool, we only work with these kind of people. We've worked with different kinds of brands because what we do uh, in a nutshell is sell advertising space. That's, it. that's what it is. So if a brand comes and they can afford the space, then you know we're good to go. So you've got the vodcast, which is on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you, you, you've got your podcast, which is on Spotify, on uh, iPod, on iTunes, on, on Apple Play. Do you see them as separate things or is, or is one linear thing? It's one, it's one linear thing. Um, the, 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 the important thing on, on, on having the YouTube vodcast, uh, I see it like as a big billboard to showcase what we can do. Um, you know, it's not really profitable. Like, I think if you uh, want to make money solely on just YouTube, uh, then you're in, a, you're in for a fright because there's not much return, you know. I mean, it keeps the lights on for us, but uh, it's not um, our main um, 
uh, go to place to 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 monetize the the, the thing, you know. Uh, and then also um, the audio just complements it because some people would rather just download the podcast and listen to it in the car. So we don't want to alienate anybody. So if you want to watch it, you can watch it. If you want to listen, you can listen. Whatever rocks your boat, uh, it's there for you to choose. So you you you've got the Mac G podcast and chill audio and 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 the video feed uh you've started a company that now has other podcasters within within the group who who are they and and how many do you have yeah so under the network um we have developed um a ladies podcast called on the table which features tepi from yfm as well as nolu um and ghost lady and Khamuta as well, who, um, you know, were, were chillers. So they were chillers, all three of them, and have now since become part of the network. We've also got a LGBTQI uh, podcast with Bougie, who no. I worked with. No. For real. You didn't know that. No. <laughs> yeah, it's doing really, really well. I worked with them at Y, mm. and, and it's really amazing. I think I see great potential in that podcast because what they're doing, no one had been doing it before we started it. And it's really needed in, in this uh, day and age and, and in these times that we're in, you know? And I really, really like that podcast. If you haven't checked it out, I think I, I would encourage uh, a lot of people to check it out. I mean, so what do you think, man? I think I know it's one of your favorite shows on the network. Yeah, so- no, 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 it is, bro. I think there's, there's a, 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 a gap you know, um, especially in South Africa, looking at the climate, the ignorance around um, 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 the LGBTQI uh, 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 community, right? Because some people, for example, when we got in trouble, um, a lot of the chillers or some of the chillers thought, well, if you make a joke about this community, but it's not coming from a hateful place. It can't be uh, homophobia or transphobia, right? And that's the small, you know, uh, nuances and the ignorance that people had around the community. And I think they're doing a, a fantastic job. I mean, they well, they're very entertaining. <laughs> they're very entertaining. Over and above. Five thousand now. Five thousand. So no, 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 no. Five. No, no, no. That, that's a half. That, that's five hundred rands. I didn't say the whole bomb. F bomb. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as much as they're very entertain, uh, educational, they they're also entertaining. You know, it's super entertaining. So I love that show, man. Big and time. That, and that's where that, that's where it stems from. It stems from our ignorance. So after yes, that 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 um, scandal that we went through. I don't even know if we should call it a scandal, but whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, we sat down and we're like, I was like, so, you know, how many other people are just like us who are so ignorant and don't know about this community? Exactly. And we it as a teachable moment to say, okay, cool, we've got this platform. Uh, let's try it and see what, what people say because, you know, uh, we can make this a teachable moment and we can teach not just our, our chillers, but also other people out there who might just be as ignorant as us. Well, I, I, I think this is absolutely central to, to the conversation, and, and obviously there's been a lot of controversy around things that have been said, things have been misconstrued, or maybe not not misconstrued, uh, lawyers' letters flying around, etc. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 the cancel culture is, is a really real thing, not just in in South Africa, but but, but internationally. And I mean, um, we go back to things like uh, Mampincha, DJ Fresh, Euphonic, AKA, etc., um, 
How do you view this aspect in our industry? Because, I mean, you're not solely responsible for having contrary opinions or trying to educate people. Um, so should we cancel or should we forgive? I mean, how do you guys view bringing guests onto podcasts around this? I mean, now you told me you've got a podcast about the uh, LGBTQ uh, stuff, but um, bringing p- people onto the show who have contrary views about this stuff. Well, I mean, I think to, to answer your first question, um, I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything, but I think we're too big to be cancelled, you know, as um, history has shown. Uh, we've been, they've been trying to cancel us for, 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 for so long. <laughs> but, but they just can't. Uh, because we knew uh, when we started the podcast Man. that at the core of whatever we're doing, it's not about the sponsors. Sponsors come and go. It's not about the celebrities. Celebrities come and go. Uh, it's literally about the chillers. So if you want to cancel us, you literally have to probably kill every single chiller out there because that's who we do this for and that's who we account to. They are our sponsors. So I think the moment chillers want to cancel us, then we're in trouble. Other than that, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. So in, there was an interview in the Mail and Guardian. Well, the Mail and Guardian art section last week ran a long piece on podcasting. And, and, and one of the comments was there's no regulation or no self-regulation or, or oversight with, within this domain. I mean, individually, Sol and MACG, what do you think your responsibilities are in terms of that? I mean, we all know we've got the free speech mm. thing, blah, 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 blah. But, but generally, <clears throat> yeah. when, that, when that thing goes live, Sol... What do you think your your responsibilities are in terms of and, and not just your general chillers, but you know, you, you could have a 13 or 14 year old black coming in. Exactly. No, look, I mean, I think as sensible uh, people and adults, of course, podcasting, the internet, there's really little regulation, right? But for example, F bombs, you don't just drop them every two seconds because you've got the freedom to do it because it's annoying and it's very irresponsible and, and it's actually a damn way of going about things. So we've got a responsibility to not just say anything um, for the sake of saying anything to ap- apply our minds and uh, uh, to be sensible, to be sensible and, 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 and responsible with our words. Um, for example, when we did get in hot water, and we had a follow-up show whereby we had someone come in and to essentially school us and see where we went wrong. Because, for example, in South Africa, we know, you know, that the homophobia that can actually literally lead to, to deaths. So simply because of we've got the freedom to say whatever, we can't now, for example, hate speech, right? We can't get on... On, 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 on air and um, push or promote hate speech or say harmful things. Ours is to entertain and to inform. So our responsibility, it's, 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 it's to not abuse the platform and to not abuse the, the trust that the chillers have given us and their time to actually download or to watch and view. So, yeah, we do have a responsibility. So as much as there's no uh, PCCSA, thank goodness, but we, we can't just 
you know, go go crazy and uh, and and say outlandish things. Um, so yeah, we've we've got a responsibility if we want to talk about something to do some research about it. And yeah, man, and and to take our chillers serious um, because they are the biggest stakeholder. If we're being honest, on the podcast, without them, there is no podcast. Mac, before we go to voice notes, can you give me your your opinion on what Sol was talking about as well? Yeah, I, I fully agree with what he's saying. And I think for, for us, the main, main thing is um, we have to be factual, uh, which is why research plays a huge role in what we do. Uh, because we could say something that's not factual uh, and it could come across as, you know, the truth, which is not. So I think as a podcaster... Mm. We, 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 we have to be very cognizant of that, of that and make sure that whatever we speak about, it's coming from a factual place to the best of our ability or to the best of our knowledge. And just respect our listeners or the chillers, rather. That's it, you know? Okay, let's uh, take a listen to those voice notes. Let's go. Oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, MacGyver. Hey, Saul. And In the uh, conversation RDA 2021. My first question to you guys on um, your podcast, and by the way, congratulations on hitting those 200,000 subscribers. Thank you. My first question to you guys would be, what was the very first setup that you guys had when you started your um, your podcast? Uh, did you go all out in purchasing your equipment or you just sort of uh, had a basic setup going and you said, let's do this and let's see what will happen? Okay, yeah, so I just have two questions, uh, basically for MacGyver. Is the sponsorship money enough to keep the lights on? And two, uh, how does one uh, get to advertise on your show? Because I know someone who has a website and she asked me, how can she advertise it on your show? So what's the process there and where do we get that? Okay, guys, you get those questions. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, first one, let's let's get the money out the way. So, let's get the money out the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to advertise, it's really simple. Just email podcast at thisismagg.com. Uh, it's podcast at thisismagg.com, and then our sales department will get a hold of you, and then we can, you know, chop it up and see what we can do. Uh, and then the sponsorship money. Look, man, sponsorship money is uh, uh, is great, but it's not uh, consistent, you know. So some months are good, some months are bad. Uh, but like I say, like, um, we've got a really strong foundation from our chillers. That's what keeps the lights on. So whether we have sponsors or not, um, we are still fortunate enough to keep producing and keep um, uploading every single week. And then the first question with the equipment, very good question, because um, I still owe Vindazel. <laughs> I remember uh, when I was leaving Prime Media, Vindazel had just started his sound shop. And I was like, yo, please, can you um, give me three mics and uh, a mixer? So I, um, he quoted me and I, I could only afford to pay half of the stuff that he gave me. So I paid half and I still haven't paid uh, paid it off. Yeah. So, <laughs> you just reminded me I must pay off the days. But yeah, he he gave us the mics and the mixer and that's all we needed really to start going. Okay, we got one more voice note to go. Hit the voice note. Hi, Meg. My name is Amaze and I'm a chiller. I love what you're doing. Please keep Thank on you. keeping on. 
Geng, 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 geng. <laughs> okay, guys, I've got some, I've got some questions on, on the chat here um, from Joseph Marumbi. He says, can Mac tell, tell us which episode when he got his first check? You said it, it was two years, right, before you got your first money. In. Yeah, if, if you go back, it was the Love Life uh, episode. So there was a Love Life um, campaign we did with them, which was really, really dope. And I think, yeah, that was the first one. Okay. And then, what, and then I also got a question here from Den saying, what are you doing to promote, advertise, and grow your audience? Or do you feel your own community will do that for you? Yeah, so, like, so even, even the numbers that we have, um, everything has been organic. Like, we've never advertised anywhere. We've never promoted anywhere. We've never boosted anything. So it's all literally organic word of mouth. And, and, and that's how, you know, we ended up to where we are. And he has a good question because this person actually, you can see they're a big fan because they, they know about appointment listening, which is something you learn in radio first and foremost. It's, please ask Mac and Sol on how they're planning to optimize the exposure of the upcoming artists they feature on the Hangout slot. And how about they shift that slot to Mondays or Thursdays just before the 3 p.m. episodes of Premium? <laughs> they know their stuff. Oh, 100%. I yeah, see. I think that's a lot. That- that, that, that's definitely something that we can consider because with everything that we do on the network, nothing is ever cast in stone. It's all about trial and error, you know? So how the Hangout came about is a lot of chillers would send me music and say, yo, listen, please listen to this track. So we sat down as a team like, okay, cool. How can we um, help these people? What can we do? And then that's how the Hangout came about. So definitely that's a great, great suggestion. And I think we'll look into that because it'll give them more exposure, and which is what we want to do. And then there's yeah. a person here from Lutendo Mabata saying, hi, Mac, Gene Sol. First, great work on the podcast. How was it, how was it for you getting Zola 7 to be on your podcast? And what did you learn from that experience and the partnership with Stir Kinnacle? The partnership with Stir Kinnacle uh, came about pretty much like how everything comes about on the, on the podcast. We wanted to do something dope. So we were like, wow, imagine we did a, a, a premiere at Stake Kinnikor nationally. Do you think it's possible? And then we hit up uh, uh, the agency that handles the Stake Kinnikor campaign. We run it past them. They were like, wow, this is dope. This is amazing. We could definitely do this. So that's when we started making it come alive. And um, we wanted to be uh, historic. So that's why we had to get someone as legendary as Zola7. And it was amazing to work with them. You know, we were able to give him um, um, uh, uh, money from the proceeds that we sold for the tickets because it was uh, sold out nationally uh, to help him with his illness and, you know, whatever he needs to do with his family. Because as you know, artists haven't been performing and generating revenue since the lockdown. So all in all, from my side, I don't know if Saul wants to add anything. It was just an amazing experience and it was dope that, you know, we actually pulled it off and it was something that we literally thought about it on a Monday. And then by Friday we were doing it, which is, you know, testament of what the podcast is all about. So your 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 memories or thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, now everything. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with Mac on everything. Obviously, he organized it. Um, yeah, but I think with the what we could take from the Zola interview, it's what we we're talking about earlier on: cancel culture. And it's so sad that uh, Oaks from his generation could literally get cancelled via newspapers because there was no social media, no Twitter. So if the paper says Zola 7 uh, 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 was at work drunk and it's not true, he can't you know, express his side of the story. There was no Instagram, no Twitter back then. And that's one of the biggest things 
things I took from that interview was that at some point people at the mercy of, 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 of newspapers and cancel culture could work there because you can't tell your side of the story. Right. And when you can, it's on a TV show four weeks down the line after all the garbage has been written about you if it's not true. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the things I, I, I took from that interview. Amazing interview. Just another couple of comments and questions from Sophie Sanguenia says, and, and this is great viewer feedback. He said, would you consider doing the celebrity interviews at different locations again? I really like that concept. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. We still uh, do. Um, yeah, we still do. It's just that some celebrities opt to come to our studios. So if you mm. can't go to where they record, uh, then we shoot them at, the, uh, at our studios. I mean, if you check out next week, we're dropping JR. And that was at, a, that was at an outside location. Just to go, we just about out of time here. We we got a couple of minutes, and I just want to go back to um, the kind of metrics and the figures that you're getting out of the data you're getting out of your podcast and 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 podcast. Um, so obviously, the, the majority is South African, but Mac, you you're also talking about going into Africa and and possibly increasing your footprint. So in terms of the splits between. South Africa, Africa, and international. What are those splits in terms of your audio and your and your broadcast? Yeah, uh, fortunately enough, um, YouTube um, has analytics that they provide with each and every single episode, and it is crazy the amount of reach the podcast has. I think eighty percent is. So are you okay then? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. What's up? <laughs> Listen, I'm good, man. Yeah, what's going on? You look like you're about to have a seizure, dog. <laughs> no, anyway. no, no, I'm good. Don't mind me. Go on, man. <laughs> As I was saying, 80% uh, of our audience is majority South Africa, but then the rest of the 20% <sighs> is literally all works of life from around the world. We have people in Dubai, China. The, the craziest for me was Russia. Austria. In Russia. Yeah, Austria, Australia. Yeah. Because if you think about it, our target market is anyone in the world that has access to Wi-Fi because um, YouTube on its own has about a billion people that go on, the, on, on their platform every single day. So it's really incredible. And I want to answer this question here. Yeah. Someone says, would you agree that cancel culture did the opposite and instead propelled the podcast to bigger heights recently? The answer is yes. I keep telling so yes. we canceled every week. Keep canceling us, yeah, because a lot of people... Amidst that storm, the cancel culture storm when we got cancelled, a lot of people said, oh my goodness, I didn't even know these guys existed. I love what they're doing. I'm on episode 239 now. Thank you guys for cancelling them. So definitely, definitely, um, we got more eyes because of the uh, cancel culture. It's as if the podcast didn't exist before the cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, dude, eh? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, so yeah, uh, definitely cancel culture played a huge role. Um, and sometimes, I mean, we, we're doing kick-ass content. It's just a matter of it's not getting to the ears and the eyes it's meant to get, get to. And uh, that one tr uh, bit of, that one storm got us those eyes and ears. Because if we were horrible, those people would have checked it out and decided, okay, these guys are garbage anyway. So, yeah, it definitely did propel us. Okay, just a couple of final questions here. Is um, You guys kind of... Okay, I'm going to use the word self-destruct in radio. <laughs> like push the button. <laughs> Boom! Um, what happens if, if, 
if one of those groups come to you and go, yeah, you know, he has a couple of million bucks a year plus a profit share plus this plus that, come back to radio. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? For me, um, I, I, I'm not driven by money, man. I know it sounds weird, um, but like, there's no better feeling than, like, you know, creating something, and then when you leave that room, when we're done with the show, we're like, we're like, damn, that was such a dope, dope episode. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain that feeling, and it's a feeling that money can't buy, and that's what I get from each and every single episode that we do, you know. And I think if I would go to radio, I mean, obviously because I'm a broadcaster, I can still do it, but I don't think it would be able to fulfill me as much as you know, like an episode that that, that, that we do on the podcast, because I don't know, man, there's just something about that energy and that that vibe and that feeling that money cannot buy, no matter how much amount of money. Sol, your feeling about this? Jeez, man, it's tricky, man. But at the end of the day, I, I would have to decide, do I take, because uh, 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 I mean, that's really what they're throwing at me, the money, because what I'm doing on the podcast, I still get the same satisfaction as after a great show of radio, for example, with all its limitations, mind you. But it's do I choose the money or do I choose history? Because literally right now we are, you know, at, at the cusp of, 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 of making history, of doing something great. And I mean, you did throw a figure that podcasting globally is worth how many billions that's been generated, right? So taking that gig would be the easy way out. Um, whereas we can actually get to those figures, you know, the millions of rands and the 10 million rand checks um, if we just keep pushing. And right now I feel like we, we're doing something great. And even if we are crawling for other kids to, to run one day, um, that alone gives me more satisfaction than any amount of money. So I'll tell them to keep their radio job. After all, they could fire me in three months if there's a news article and I'm being accused of something <laughs> and I haven't even defended myself, right? Okay, guys, we so, need to cut it off. I mean, there's, there's one thing I, I, I do want to ask you, and it has to, and it's kind of a trick question about, about money. Um, the kind of blurring lines between journalism and content and PR and comms is all like meshed mm. and mashed up in, in, into one thing. I mean, do you guys charge people to be on the show or have people approached you, PR companies and comms companies saying, you know, here's some money. I want you to interview like that Oprah thing. <coughs> You're going to find a motor car oh. under your seat, you know? No, not all. Is, that, is that a real thing? Does that happen? Well, that happens, yes. I mean, hell. Jeez, we got to start charging people then, eh? Or, or you're a good liar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we got to start charging people. How many careers have we resurrected, man? Hey, bro. No, you know, I, I think he's talking about, like, if the premier of Gauteng says um, they've got, like, some provincial elections coming up, would we oh. interview him for money? I think that's what he means. Like oh, you no, know, no, those, kind of, those kind of shit interviews. You know those interviews. They called paid fans. Yes, nah, those are horrible. Nah. But that's a nice headache to have. We haven't crossed that bridge yet, but it's a nice headache to have. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it all goes back to what I said, respect for the chillers, right? Yeah. So if it's not something the chillers are interested in seeing, for example, if 
the president says he wants to come on, but we can only ask him these questions. Then we might as well not do it because we're not going to ask the questions that chillers want to know or the people want to know, right? Mm. So sometimes I think that's where the respect comes in for the chillers. Um, we are not desperate and we would not take just any, unless it makes sense. It's like what Mac was saying with the merchandising deal, right? That, yeah, of course we could, you know, take a deal where they say, uh, uh, wear this or whatever, if it makes sense for who the chill is. So I think we could do those and we could also reject them if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't fit with the show. Well, guys, Mac G, uh, Salt and Duke, thanks for your time this afternoon. And it's Friday at your chilling time, the weekend's coming up. But really a good insight into what's on air, what's behind the scenes and what's to come as well. Thanks for your time today. Like, we really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Tell you. me something. Have you been on radio before? What's your background like? I, I'm being interviewed here, dude. Yeah, I just want to know. I, I sent Neil, I sent uh, Neil a demo yeah, way yeah, yeah. back at, when it was on Kaya FM. He said, he said, I sound too American for Kaya. In, in fact, I was, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Like, yo, and then I'm interviewing the two young upstarts, you know. But you're speaking to an old radio fart here, so yeah. I'll yeah. No, I can tell, man. I can tell. I'm, I'm, like like the guy, I'm like the guy who wouldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Also, no, thanks thank to you guys. Conrad thank Adenauer you. Stifton and their Sub-Saharan Africa media program and our other supporters, which include the National Association of Broadcasters, Media Head 360, Wise Buddha Jingles, the U.S. Embassy in Pretoria, RCS Sound Software, our own FM, Samro and Pod News Net. We'll be back on Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning and we'll be dealing with uh, streaming versus radio and music compiling. And we have quite a few inter uh, like interesting guests from various radio stations. So please join us on Monday at 10 o'clock for uh, day six of Radio Days Africa. Enjoy your weekend. That was a Radio Days Africa audio amplified podcast brought to you by the Vitz Radio Academy. For more information and podcasts, click to radiodaysafrica.co.za.